Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. We may have on some good luck this week, brothers and sisters. Three more sacrifices have arrived in the arena. The law of laws be feasting well today. The fight is about to start, so grab a seat, place a bet, and watch the killing in these heroic dungeons. And dragons. Okay. So, as soon as the troll on the dais uh, above you, <clears throat> above you, yells, "Begin!" The troll in front of you, who is slightly pale of skin and is covered head to toe in burn marks and has like slash marks on him and all this like other nonsense happening, immediately just roars so loudly that all of you are kind of caught on the back foot. And suddenly he comes charging across the arena floor. He is going to immediately uh, go on the offensive. And he, and he is going to do, um, first of all, because you guys are, um, actually, you know what? This may not be fair. Is this how you're oriented as you guys walk into the arena? Uh, right now I have it set up to where, um, the, the troll is on the far side and Butch, Ari, and Falkas are kind of grouped, uh, at the base of the ramp that goes down into the arena. Um, you would have had enough time to spread around slightly before the begin was shouted. Um, how do you guys want to be uh, orientated? I would stay. Falcus would stay near the like the back wall. Uh, hopefully, just kind of away from Butch, so that at least Butch was like the target, or at least the person to see first. Okay. Yeah, I think Ari would have kind of been still right around the entrance of the ramps, or about where I am. Okay. So you guys are still more or less in a line, but you're a lot further spread apart than how when I just sort of plopped your tokens on the map. Um, begin! And he comes running in. He's large enough that he can get kind of between Butch and Ari at the distance that you guys have put for yourselves. He is going to reach out and do a bite attack against Ari. Rolling a 22 to start with. That would hit you. That hits, yep. Okay, you take five piercing damage from the troll. Okay. Um, let me jump into his thing real quick and start auto-rolling damage because I keep forgetting to set that. There we are. That should be fixed. And then he's going to, uh, as he pulls back, you see that his teeth are dripping with the blood from the piercing. And then he swings around and attacks Butch twice with his claws. The first roll is a 15, which I think is going to miss now that you have souped up better armor. 
Mm-hmm. And the second roll is a natural 20. Uh, you are going to suffer a total of 14 slashing damage as the first <sighs> you just deflect, just like sort of dodge out of the way and it sort of scrapes your armor. And because you're slightly on the back foot, just slices down across you and you take you take the damage. Ari, the beginning of your turn, you are within melee range of a big troll who has just taken a chunk out of you and has turned and started to attack against Butch. Um, what would you like to do? I am going to go ahead and pop Worgen for him, so I'm going to turn into a Worgen. Okay. And then to start with, I am just going to do um, Worgen Bite, and then with my unarmed bonus action, I'm going to do Worgen Claw. So. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll those. Um, does a 12 hit? Uh, no, you reach out with your fangs and you go to bite into this creature and he's just a little too quick and you you aren't able to make purchase. All right, and then, so I'm mad, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do the claw. What about a 15? 15 does just hit. You're able to reach out and you get with the claws and you feel like this, this is a thick-skinned, it's a tough creature, so you're surprised that you had to do as much as a 15 to strike against what is otherwise an unarmored creature. He's not wearing like a chest plate or anything. It's just skin. But like you're like, oh, I shouldn't have had to hit that high to do this. But okay, no, I got it. I deal, I deal my damage. And I deal four slashing. Okay, he suffers four slashing damage. No problem. You doing anything else in your turn? Nope, that's my action bonus action. I'm going to stay in melee range for now. Okay. Butch, it's your turn. Well, this is about exactly what I thought was going to happen. Here we go. Uh, Ari, you better take that treat. And I am going to reach real quick into my bag, and I'm going to uh, drink the potion of growth, which is going to turn me from a medium-sized creature to a big-sized creature. And uh, the the biggest thing that does for me, that it gives me 1d4 um, on attacks. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, Uh, the damage rolls. It's uh, not. I'm sorry, on damage rolls. Yeah. So extra damage, Mm -hmm. assuming I hit the character, you know. And what also what I'm going to do is pop rage. Okay. And see, both things give me advantage on saving throws and strength-based saving throws and checks. But um, if I'm doing rage, that also gives my friends who are doing melee attacks, like Ari, on enemies within five feet of me um, advantage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's worth doing both at the same time, I think, in this situation. So (laughs) um, then I'm going to, I mean, he's within melee. I am very big on this map now. (laughs) I I think I think I don't need to. uh, I mean, it's hard to move the token. It's (laughs) it's so big. Okay, Um, I am very big now. I'm going to take my Great Axe of Cleaving, which doesn't have a name yet, because it hasn't earned a name yet, and I am going to... 
Oh, please roll. Please so roll. So just really quickly, drinking the potion would be your action. Damn it. Your I'm rage sorry. is a bonus action, so that's still legit. Okay, I just took... All I did was take the potion and tell Ari to take her treat, her dog, doggy treat, and and rage. So <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Okay, cool. Um, Butch, that's the end of your turn. Falcus, you're up. All right. Knowing what we know about trolls so far, I'm going to move five, ten. I'm still within the... 20 foot range of the improvised weapon of throwing an alchemist's fire. And it is a ranged attack against a creature object up to 20 feet. So I'm just going to click one of my other random attacks. That's a plus six because it's four for dex, two for proficiency. Do I add my proficiency bonus for a ranged attack? Improvise, maybe not. not. Oh. Oh, no, I'm looking at Butch. Um, do you have proficiency with improvised weapons? I do not. So it's just going to be my plus four, right? Okay, yeah. D20 plus four. So then let's do this. Um, we're going to do bat. Okay, so the the dice roll, it looks like, was a 14. So uh, 18 total, right? Correct. So it was an 18 throw on the alchemist fire. Okay. Um, as an action, you can throw the flask up to 20 feet, shattering it on impact, make a ranged attack against a creature or object, treating the fire as an improvised weapon. On a hit, the target takes 1d4 fire damage at the start of each of its turns. A creature can end this damage by using an action to make a dexterity check to extinguish the flames. Okay. So, uh, 1d4 fire damage at the start of each of its turns. So nothing right now on this turn. Okay. Right, but it does... You rolled the fire damage, so it's going to take four on the start of its turn. Okay. Do you take a bonus action? Don't have anything that really does bonus actions, but what I will do... We're still early enough in this fight that I'm not going to use my action surge yet. So I am going to move my range... uh, Let's see, I moved ten... Well, 15, 20, 25, 30. And I'll just be in the middle of the arena right now because everybody's on the one side. Okay. Falcus has used his movement to move all the way up to the treasure chest in the middle of the arena. Um, he's, uh, you know, within uh, ranged range of the, of the duder. So at the top of his turn, the regenerative effect of being a troll is negated by the fact that he's covered in alchemist's fire. He takes four fire damage. He roars in excuse me, he roars in anger and turns to look at you, Falcus, who threw the fire at him, and then realizes that the fire hasn't dissipated yet, and he's like covered in sticky, uh, flaming like, uh, napalm goo and goes to try to scrape it all off of him. He... Needs to roll, you said it was a dexterity check, right? It's a DC 10 dexterity check to extinguish the flames. Okay. Oh, rolled a 10. Just barely was able to just nimbly enough pull all of the goop off of him. But it does take him his action to do that. So at this point, 
he has scraped everything off of him. He turns and looks at you and goes charging in to attack you next because you hit him with the flames. As he runs out of Butch's and Ari's attack range, both of you have opportunity attacks. Ari makes hers with advantage because she's standing, you know, near enough to, to Butch. Who wants to go first? Ladies first. All right. So for opportunity, is that just an unarmed attack? I don't get too many of these, so I forget what it is. Oh, it's any kind of weapon attack. Like if you have a weapon in hand or if you're going to use um, your unarmed, your your Worgen, worgen bite, bite or your Worgen okay. Claw, whatever you're trying to do, go for it. Let's go ahead and let's do Worgen Claw. So we'll try this again. So I rolled an eight, so we're going to say that does not happen. Well, it is oh. made with advantage because of Butch's rage effect. That's right. I rolled a 23. Yeah. Okay, 23 hits. Eight slashing damage. Okay. You deal eight slashing damage to this troll as he is running away from, uh, as he is running away from you toward, toward Falcus. So this is at one time. Okay, cool. Butch, you also get one. I'm going to see that he he's running away, and you know I'm standing. Am I standing as tall as he is? I mean, I'm real big. You're twice as tall as normal. So uh, almost, I'm five foot. I'm not quite six foot, so I'm almost as tall as him. Yeah, it's a fair, it's a like yeah. fair fight. Um, and uh, I'm I'm raging as well, and I go with my great axe, which is also real big. Mm-hmm. And I uh, wait a minute, wait, does that say? Because I think it says. Natural 20. Natural 20. I think that was a critical hit. Nice. <laughs> okay, so you are going to double the damage dice of the axe, and you're going to double the damage dice from the extra 1d4 that you roll because of your your bigitude. Let me do the 1d4 first. Let's see. Um, so that's three, so that'll be six. Okay. And then... Um, <sighs> You don't double the dice rolled, you double the amount rolled. It depends on how you feel like playing it. Um, the way roll 20 is rolling it, it's rolling double dice, but you can choose to just roll regular dice and then double the value of the dice. It, it comes out roughly the same either way. Um, what roll 20 has done here is rolled um, a 14 because it's you get a d12 as your weapon dice for your great axe and then you add three because that's your strength modifier and then it rolled an additional d12 so the total that we're looking here for for the regular damage is 14 and then 10 on top of that and then uh six on top of that for the bigitude and then we also need um do you deal extra damage because you're raging wait uh i don't think so let's look let me look regions yeah Yes, you gain advantage on strength plus two melee damage. So it just says plus two. Yeah, so plus two on top of that. So we've got 14 plus 10 plus three plus three plus two, right? So you have 32 because the 14 plus the three plus three is 20. 20 plus 10 is 30. 30 plus two, you just did 32 damage. Okay. Now, 32 slashing damage. Um, <laughs> go ahead and roll... Butch. And that wasn't even my turn, was no, it? No, it wasn't your turn. Butch, roll a D <laughs> Butch, roll a D twenty for me. Why? Just a straight D twenty. No modifiers, nothing nothing fancy. Two. Two. Okay. You bite into this thing as it's running away, 
and you see like the slice that you make in it is really big and it uses a really effective hit like this is really good um it doesn't bleed at all it's just now it's just got this big open space in it but it's not like you would expect like a blood splatter or something nothing from this and then it's still like running away from you toward Falcus. Ari, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Um, good question. I am going to, I'm going to go ahead and because I have double movement speed, which is more than enough, I am going to come behind it and I'm just going to do bite and claw again. So we'll just keep it. Okay. Keep it there. You actually didn't need to use any of your extra move. Like, you still have that feature because it only took you 25 feet to get here. And I think you ha- you start with 30, right? Oh, I thought it was. Bi- okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. That is right. Fine. Yes. Yes, it is. Sorry. Yes. Um, goodness. So, yeah. So, I'm just going to move. And I'm going to. Uh, we'll start with the bite again. And nice. that is a 24. Yep. 24 hits. Which hits for six. Okay, and, be- and you gain temporary six, hit points yep, for that, right? I gain six hit points for that, so that is nice. Okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, after I bite it, I'm going to slash at it for 23. Uh, that will also hit. For eight slashing damage, so a total of 14 between the two. Okay. Yeah, you slice. And again, big claw marks in the side of this thing. No blood, though. Okay. And you feel like your Butch was hitting it with an axe, so he didn't get that... Um, that, that real tactile sensation. But as you're digging into this thing, you're like, it's the skin is kind of, it's not cold, but it's a lot colder than a person's supposed to be. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Uh, oh. Do you need anything else on your turn? Um, That's my action bonus action of moving. So no, I'm going to be good. Okay. Butch, it's your turn. Around you, you can hear the crowd is starting to jeer and boo at you as you rip into this troll. What would you like to do? Continue ripping. So I'm gonna run. Gagoom, gagoom, gagoom. I'm so big. <laughs> and um, <laughs> my token is just taking up everything. Um, yeah, right, you're, right. you're kind of in his. You'd have to be here in order to be next to him. Okay, that's fine. Um, so <laughs> what I'm gonna do? I still got that potion. I still got the raging. So I'm going to, oh, I'm considering doing a reckless attack, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to use my great axe (laughs) for a natural 20 critical hit. Why are you doing this? I thought you said this is going to be hard. Yeah, well, I didn't say it was going to be hard. The NPCs said it was going to be hard, and that's... Supposed to be true. You're a group of level four adventurers, and this is a CR five monster. That's fine. Roll your stinking damage. Okay. Y'all can do the math for me, right? <laughs> so, and then what was it? D four, D six. Uh, D four. Slash roll D four. So sixteen that time. And then plus two. Yep, with the plus two, it's 16. Yeah, 10, 2, 2, and 2 is... Yeah, perfect. Okay, so you deal 16 slashing damage. Does that include the raging? Yeah, it does. Butch, roll a d20 for me. Slash roll d20. 
Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Should be able so to see something better this time. You swing in with this axe, and the way you catch it, it's like you slice all the way through. Uh, you're standing on its left side, its left leg, all the way through, and its left leg falls off, and it. Um, let's see here. Uh, bah, 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 bah. He's hopping on one leg. So missing a leg. It's only a flesh wound. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, it's hopping on one leg. Yes. That's you do anything else in your turn? I mean, what else could I do? <laughs> I mean, I uh, no, I don't have a, a, a any kind of bonus action I'd, I'd like to take right now, so I'm, I'm done. Okay. Falcus, it's to you. What do you want to do? I'm going to continue to be bait. I'm going to take my main action to disengage and get the heck out of here. So let's go 5, 10, but still 20, within 20 feet. Yeah. Uh, so I can throw another alchemist fire at him um, by using my action surge. So I get my additional action now on my turn. So now I can throw the alchemist fire. Okay. Be an 11. Okay, an 11 goes wide. You throw the potion, um, it like, whoops, it tumbles sort of uh, top over bottom and flips through the air. And it, it, it would have hit, except that the way that the thing is hopping, like its movements are a little bit more unpredictable. And it flies past it and splashes onto the ground behind Ari. Uh, you can see that there's this space on the ground that is quietly smoldering um, and eventually starts to dissipate. I think. Because does the alchemist fire state that anything happens if you deliberately pour it on the ground? Or if like you put it on the... You know what I mean? It just says that as a stinky hazy fluid ignites when exposed to air. Um, a creature just says on a hit. It doesn't say anything else past that. Okay, yeah. If it doesn't say that it has any kind of effect as it... Um, uh, lands on the ground, then not, not a big deal. Nope, nothing. Okay. Um, with that, though, I still have a little bit of movement economy, so that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. I'm just going to continue to back my way up to the wall from my full 30 movement. And, and I believe that is all I can do on my turn. Okay. On the beginning of the troll's turn, as it has not taken fire damage, it is going to regain hit points. And you see that the leg that had been chopped off slowly stumbles to its foot. And now there is like a troll hopping on one leg and there's a troll foot that is standing next to Butch. It has a movement speed of five feet. Okay. So, um... It is going to, you know, this does this block doesn't actually state what happens. I don't think it says anything about what happens with the foot. Like presumably he can reach down and grab it and put it back on again, but it doesn't say that because he can regenerate. Maybe he just grows another foot. Uh, eventually he does. That's true. Like if you if you gets like a shorter long rest, he would regrow a foot. Um, but. As it stand, like it, it seems like he would want to. So okay, he 
He's just gonna continue. No, all right, fine. He's just gonna continue hopping on one foot as this like leg is standing up next to him. He spins toward Butch, who was the one who cut off his foot in the first place, and is going to start rolling in on him on attacks. Um, a he's gotta have disadvantage. It doesn't matter. Uh, he doesn't have disadvantage on attack rolls because he's missing a foot. You do feel like he's probably not able to run very quickly now, Now, though. Um, he turns and attacks against you with a 19. Okay, that hits. Okay, so that's nine piercing damage reduced down to half because of your rage, so four piercing damage. He swings against you with a claw attack. Uh, 10 would miss by a mile. Yep. And then he swings against you with a claw attack, a 13, which again, misses by a mile. So he is... A little unbalanced, a little uncoordinated. He was able to get in that bite against you, but as soon as you like, you sh- shrug it off, and you're sort of like able to dodge out of the way of his, you know, strange one hopped system. Um, the leg moves its movement speed toward Falcus. Ari, it's your turn. Okay, this square right here that I'm pinging would that be considered five feet of both the troll and five feet of this leg? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. not within Butch's range. Uh, you're not near enough to Butch, but the way that we were misreading this, the way that this works is you have to be within five feet of a monster that is within five feet of Butch. Okay. I have something in my bag. I don't know if I'm supposed to have, but I want to use. I have a bomb. What? It says it came what? in the adventuring gear. I don't... Oh, no. It's, it's a piece of adventuring gear. Okay. You created a Molotov cocktail. Okay. And then in your inventory it just said Molotov cocktail and no So the Molotov no cocktail or the bomb is the Molotov cocktail. So I I put that in there and I renamed it to Molotov cocktail. Does it does it not have that customization on it? It just there? says bomb. <laughs> Cuz I okay. was looking for the cocktail and couldn't find it. But then I saw bomb and I was like, I don't remember getting a bomb. <laughs> yeah. So I want to throw, so if I read this right, it says, as an action, I can light this and throw it at a point, which I want to throw it at this point right here. Yeah. Up to 60 feet away, which is, that's within. And then each creature must make a DC or dexterity throw, or it'll take three six, three d six of fire damage. So. It's, that would miss me. Yeah, oh. that, that's my thought, is I want to miss Butch, but that's within these two guys' range. Is it 3d6? It says 3d6. And if that's wrong, we can adjust it. That's fine. Yeah. That's um, a lot. I, I saw, yeah, so I saw the item in, in D&D Beyond and went, oh, a Molotov cocktail. Perfect. And I, I, as I'm thinking about it, the money that you guys spent on Alchemist's <laughs> fires and it deals 1d4 fire damage, I'm thinking. <laughs> well, it says it's worth. That's why I didn't know what this was, because it's like gold worth 150 gold i'm like when did i get this what is yeah. this no, <laughs> so definitely this not is, this is cooking oil a vial and a sock I know, that's okay right. you'll if uh, if they the if sock. they fail if they fail their dexterity saving throw it'll be 1d4 fire damage to everybody in that range that's fine okay i'm gonna yeah i'm so yes let's do that still i felt like this was op but fire damage is what i need <laughs> so let's go ahead and let's throw it there and they have to do a dexterity save of 12 so. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, so a dexterity save. That's the a troll. bottle of soju. Okay, so he rolled a twenty. A severed leg. Um, let's say that this has the same stats, but rolls with disadvantage. Uh, ten. Okay, so the leg takes the damage. 
Um, the rest of the troll does not. Um, he's you you threw it on his left side, and he's hopping on his right foot, so he's just out of range of the splash. And it did four damage. Okay, perfect. So four fire damage to the leg. Perfect. Okay. And I. So that's my action, so I still have a bonus action, right? Uh, yeah. We were treating Worgen Claw like it was two weapon fighting. Yeah, so I can't you, use that. I think, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. So that'll be my turn. Is just throwing the cocktail, and at least the legs take some fire damage. Okay. Butch, you're up. Okay. Now I, I'm gonna ignore the, the, <laughs> the severed leg that that is there, um, that looks angry for some reason. And, and dancing around on its own, and I'm going to uh, use my great axe to roll. Holy God, this is this can't be true. I think you got to put that die in the dice jail. <laughs> I just, I mean, I just rolled a, I just rolled a natural twenty again. Rolling twenty five plus one d zero cs yeah that's a one d twenty plus five twenty yeah it's rolling correct dice it's not like you're it's not like you're only rolling twenty rolls roll roll a couple more times okay um, just to is, prove to me that it can roll anything other than okay no all right fourteen seventeen okay, okay. <laughs> eight cool okay so it's not like it only rolls twenties. Okay. Take your million slashing damage. Once I said great axe of cleaving, man, take that leg out too. Oh my god. I like to think that uh, what's happening here is that the dice are responding to your potion of of embiggedness. That's what I think is happening. They know is... they know that you're the biggest and the baddest. Wow. Oh, your stinking damages and get out of my Okay. So Looks like I rolled a nine mm-hmm. for regular damage, and then I rolled a one for the D four, so plus two. Please do the math for me. Fifteen. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Right? Nine, yes. ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen for the two plus for the from raging. Right. So I rolled a nine. I rolled a three. I rolled a one. Then plus two. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, roll a d20. 11. An 11 again. All right. He's got one more leg. So you come <laughs> swinging up toward him. You're like, oh, well, this is easy. He'll just, he can't hop anymore if I just take his other leg out from under him. So you do, and it slices, and the leg pops off. I'm going to put the leg out here. Uh, there's not a clean place to put it on the battle map, so let's just say it goes here. You deal 16 slashing damage to this creature. Um, and at, like partly because its leg cup gets cut out, but also partially because it's like it, it's like is at zero hit points now. Um, it comes crashing down to the ground and like face plants onto the ground. Falcus, it is your turn. Was her attack? Um, over what that creature had for health because she's got the great axe of cleaving. Would that uh, cleave to the new leg that just ended up on the ground? No, it it put it it put the troll at exactly zero. Okay. Uh, 
Um, so where I'm at here, I want to move uh, back within 15 feet. It's 5, 10, 15, 20. Oh, I see 20. what you're saying. I forgot about that. That I, I could have... When a target is slain, I could choose to cleave. Yes. Uh, it's 20 feet. There we go. Uh, that was just five. It was just 15 feet of movement for me to get back within 20 foot range of the troll. Looking back at my equipment, I have another. I have an acid vial this time, and I'm going to throw that at the troll. Okay. At this distance, the troll is prone. Um, you are going to be if you're making ranged attacks against prone targets. It is going to be with disadvantage. Poop. Um, or does it need to make a deck save? Like, how does it actually? How is it actually worded? You throw it at them and have to make a ranged attack. It says make a ranged attack against a creature or object. Okay. Is there a melee version of this? It doesn't say on the item. Mm, I think there might be a way to do this. If Acid there is, vial. then yeah, I'll run up to it and pour on it. No. Yeah. Um, oh, in either case, make a ranged. Um, no, I'm going to say that if like, the way that this is worded, it's a ranged attack no matter what. But the reality here is you have a prone target who's lying still on the ground in front of you. If you were to walk up into melee range and just uncork it and splash it on him, it would be an attack roll with advantage, not disadvantage. So in other words, it would be... um because it's a ranged attack, then still, so no, it would equal out. No, no, what I'm saying is, the way that the situation is here, you have a vial of acid in your hand that has a cork in it. If you throw this thing at the troll from the distance that you're at now, it'll be a ranged attack roll, and it'll be made with disadvantage because it's a prone target. But if you walk right up on it, uncork it, and just pour, it would be a melee attack roll um, with advantage. So it would just be a D4, a D20 plus four, or plus five. What's your attack roll modifier? Four? A d20 plus four um, with advantage if you were to do it in melee. Yeah, I'm willing to do that definitely at this point here. Um, I think I was here. So five, ten, fifteen, twenty. I am back within range and we shall do a roll with advantage. So the advantage roll would be a 17. Okay, so you... The, the the troll has been reduced to zero and has fallen down in front of Butch and at the last minute you're like oh yeah that's right they heal you come running up and you uncork this vial and you splash it with the acid what does it look like when this target um, suffers the acid damage that puts it out of the fight permanently awesome um, so I pour it over its head and its head just starts to cave in on itself and melt until there's nothing left but a stump of the neck of where the head used to be. Yeah! That's gross! Alright. Yeah. It's like looking up at me and I'm just like, yeah! Just pour it over its forehead and watch it melt. Caves in head. Nice. Yeah, it's a melty mess. And you wait a moment. Oh, and then from from behind you, you hear thump. And the foot that was standing there falls over. And so does the other one. <gasps> the feet go with it. 
Cool. All of that happens. Around you, you can hear the booing and the jeering and the hissing of the crowd who is very unhappy that you just beat their champion. Who, I mean, when you walked in here, it looked like he had been beaten already. So they should be used to this by now. And I'm really big and I yell, are you not entertained? <laughs> um, five feet from Falcus and a few feet from everybody else, there is a treasure chest. Falcus is going to open it up. Yeah, Falcus fights with his mind. <laughs> um, it takes you a moment. It looks like if you had tried to open this in combat, it would have been possible, but it would have been tricky and you may have had to roll some dice to figure it out. Uh, but being as you have free time now, you take your time and you open the lock and as the chest opens inside you can see this this gleaming um, like you can see the edge of it, how very, very sharp it is. It's not quite as large as Butch's axe. It's a little smaller than that. Um, looks like if you needed to, you could hold it either in one hand or in two hands. Um, but it is a battle axe that has a... It's not that the metal has been painted red. It's that the metal itself is a vibrant red color. That's cool. Lying in the bottom of the chest. Cool. I'm going to lift it up and kind of heft it in my hand. Like It's not a bow, but... We'll get that one soon. This will work for now. As you pick it up and you hold it in your hand, first of all, you recognize that it is exceedingly well balanced. You're like, eh, okay, I get it. It feels good. Um, I want to say that battle axes are strength weapons, though. So you're not sure that it would be amazing in your hands, but it's still, it's really good. You also feel, you feel, um, you feel tougher. Like it makes you feel good when you hold it in your hands um, around you the crowd is still really really ticked off the big troll from the, the the head honcho troll with the big staff from before he steps up and he has two um, really large um, trolls like sort of behind him flanking him he looks angry too and he says um like in a very snide and kind of sarcastic voice, he goes, Congratulations. You'll be defeating the champion. You'll be looting the treasure. You'll be making your way out of here now. We got more fights to be had, more sacrifices to be making. Um, he waves the, the staff over the arena and there's almost a reaction from the body of the troll but as he focuses there's really nothing to work with here you get the sense that he's like trying his best to stir a pot that has no soup in it and then um, he pulls it back and he and he turns and he walks um, away what's the if we look up what's the uh, what's what's the head guy with the with a presumed alleged blood crystal doing he's walking away like oh, he was, was up him. on the yeah he was up on the dais and he said all this stuff and then he 
he turns and he's leaving. Oh, I'm sorry. In my head, there there was like people coming up to us in the arena doing that and then walking away. Okay, so that no, no, was no, this happened at a distance up on the thing. It just occurs to me that um, the troll outside that Ari gave so much money to said that the best time to get information was during the fight. <laughs> um, so so that the guy with the crystal says all that to us tries to do the blood mist thing and then walks away. So we are meant to walk away. Falkus now has has an axe, not a bow, I'm sorry. But my rage dies down at this point, but I'm still real big. By the way, I need a roll for that, um, for how long it is. So for one hour, okay, I, I'm going to be giant okay Um, okay we're large um so everyone is like booing us or whatever and i and i try not to move my lips too much but i'm but i'm talking to to falcus and ari so are we getting out of here or uh are we gonna try to take care of that guy with crystal i don't think this is something for us to take care of um Honestly, I mean, we did what we did here, but uh, I mean, without without a longer rest, I don't I don't think we can even think to take on that that Jindo. Is that was it? Who it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Jindo, we we can't take him on. Not not like this. Maybe if we team up with that other adventuring party, but I don't think it's a guy that we want to face. Well, we just used up all the all the potions we had, all the fancy stuff we got in the booty. That is true. So we have no more troll regenerating stoppage materials. <laughs> so, what do you reckon we head up out out of here and start walking north? We can head up to was it Grumgull? Um, that's where the other half of the adventuring party was, and my. Well, we can talk about that later. Let's get out of here. I I got a feeling we're missing out. He talked about his guardians. If I inspect, like, is there anything left on the body? Like, you know, said he's pretty, like, pale and barren, but is there anything on the the body or legs or anything else that we can see? Oh, um. Like, I'm thinking maybe he has, like, a trinket that's controlling him, a necklace or something. Like, I don't. Okay, okay. I'm understanding what you're asking. Um, yeah, because I mean, he was he, he he was basically he was very very plainly dressed, and yeah. he was attacking you with tooth and claw. So he didn't have like weapons or armor or anything else of that nature. Uh, roll an investigation check. Because Ari right now is thinking this thing's kind of weird, and with a seven, I think I'm just gonna still think this thing's kind of weird and move on with my life. Uh, on a seven, yeah, I mean, you don't really spot anything abnormal, but also like you're a little distracted. There's dozens of trolls in the stands who are starting to throw fruit at you is it good food can i catch it no like no you know <laughs> oh oh okay. get off the stage you know rotten cabbages and stuff right. chucking at you we gotta start walking either way yeah i say let's just start walking towards the exit yeah and once we get out of the arena we can see once we're out of the arena we're out yeah unless we come back in they're expecting us to fight <sighs> i don't know how we would get up to the guy with the staff 
Unless we come back at night. We could just walk up there. You think this undead troll sleeps? But, but, uh, okay. I mean, come back at the cover of darkness. Where we can, I mean, because they're expecting us to leave out of this arena and leave the area. So there's probably going to be trolls watching us. So we're going to have to make like we're leaving the area. And then come back later if we want to pursue that. And the jungle is still really hostile. Uh, yeah, the um, you, you were kind of, it was kind of explained to you that the northern jungle, like north of here, it gets hotter. Yeah. We can head south temporarily and then come back to here and then head north. We do have that camp that we just, you know, help slaughter bugs. We could go we could go back to that cave and and take a long rest and work out a plan. If it, so walking north would be more dangerous. Yeah. Walking south is going back to Booty Bay. We, or, we we know there's something special. We know we we know a weakness of this leader guy. Now, Falcus, you were saying we should just go and not deal with the leader guy, Jindo. I feel like he's out of our league, but I also don't know. I'm not sure what we expect to do aside from destroying his staff. That's the only Same thing I can think of. Same thorn veil. I mean, like the yeah. jungle. My thought is this troll that we just fought was kind of strong for the three of us. We managed. We did well. I think we got a little luck on our side, too. Yeah. But if the troll that he's able to reanimate from what we can guess or something weird with him is this strong. Imagine how strong he is. At the very least, we need to get out of here and rest. And then we can come up with a plan at the cave how we want to proceed. Uh, and we... Uh- I was just going to ask DM whether or not um, the can I recall any history about Jindo if I can understand like do we even have a chance against this guy if we were to face him one on one Uh, possibly roll a history check maybe Uh, seven with a seven um, you don't know necessarily enough about the Gurubashi to pick him out specifically from troll history. Um, what you do know is what you are sure of are what you were told recently, which was that um, the, the the troll outside said that adventurers had killed him before and that he had returned. So it's not that he's not killable, or at least he wasn't. Um, the question is really more, are you as beefy as the ones who had come before who had dealt with him in the past? That's not something that you have insight into. You, uh, on a seven, you probably don't know very much more about the situation than that. Well, either way, we need to walk out of here. I'd say let's go back down to the dwarf camp. Well, at least we know that's somewhat safer than going further north, and then we can regroup and figure out our next steps. But I think... Our best plan of attack is at night um, to get him alone. We well, are. let's let's talk about that in the cave, and and um, I mean we've been inching towards the gate <laughs> door. Yeah, anyway, I, I mean I know. think it's reasonable to say that this has been a conversation that happened in a walking and talking type situation. Um, you guys are able to make your way out of here. No, I'm still real big, but go yeah, ahead. <laughs> Butch leading the way, all 
uh, 11 and a half feet of them to as you leave the arena you see that the road goes to your left which would be to the north which is in the direction of northern stranglethorn and it also goes to the south in the direction of the dwarf cave and the uh, and and the booty um and you guys said that you were going to cut south and uh take a breather right yeah okay yeah head back to the dwarven cave all right you're pretty easily able to make that trip um and nobody stops you um true to their word they are trying to draw people in for fights and when the fight is over the combatants can leave um it occurs to you that it's probably bad business to kill the losers on their way out because then nobody would show up for these fights so you're like oh yeah i guess that makes sense we're probably okay to leave here um but they let you leave in a very hostile fashion um there's a lot of like nobody assaults you on the way out no one damages you but a couple of people give you the Dr. Cox shoulder hit on the way by like as they're walking past you in the in the tunnel like they're they're very displeased about what they just saw and that's kind of your that that's kind of the body language in the area here you guys are easily able to make your way back to the camp during the so and it's it's starting to get kind of late in the evening so it's you're easily able to like you're we're going to do a long rest at the end of this uh, at the end of this speech who is taking up the battle axe and keep in mind it, like I say it is a battle axe it is a martial melee weapon um, one handed it deals 1d8 slashing damage and two handed it deals 1d10 it would be useful in a sword and shield situation if like let's say for example butch wanted to pick up the shield that you guys found in the dwarven uh encampment and be a little tankier um but also as i said falcus had the feeling that first of all it was very well balanced um so you feel as though your chance to hit on with this would be pretty increased and also as you hold it you feel really robust you feel you have a sense that you you it may like it makes you feel good to hold the weapon I mean, I am proficient with martial weapons. That's this anything? would not be something for me. I'm just gonna no take my all. name out of it. Yeah, I I, I like my great axe of cleaving, and I'm about, I'm about to give it a name. Troll bane is way too warcrafty. Besides which, it exists. Exactly. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta figure that out. It's, it's gonna have to do with the arena. But I think I think it's earned its name. I just don't know what that is yet. So I, I'm I leg lopper, the leg lopper, the foot mm. soldier. Anyway, I think Falcus should have the have the. I'll axe. hang. I'll hang on to the axe. The tomato. Oh! And um, I, I imagine <laughs> the kneecapper. You see, that's a good one. Um. And I guess during our long rest, Falcus can like meditate on it and s- see if he can figure out I anything don't better. Sleep anyway, right? I just meditate. Yeah, but like attuned to it is is the word I was looking. Yeah, I will. I will hang on to it. Okay. Um, if it, you you discover over the course of the long rest that this is an item that you could attune to, if you'd like to attune to it, you can attune to a. Battle Axe of Bloodlust. I think it's is what I name. named it. Or maybe it's Bloodlust Battle Axe. It's something like that. It is a Battle Axe of Bloodust. 
Bloodlust. You gain a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. In addition, while you are attuned to this weapon, your hit point maximum increases by one for each level you have attained. That's cool. That is pretty cool. Using it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you can still have it equipped and be attuned to it and still get the plus one, even if I'm at ranged. And, and it's going to look cool. Yeah, right? Oh, and you're also able to discover that the fetishes that you paid money for are absolutely worthless. But you had that feeling going into things. It, it was the principle of it all. No, focus. we came here to get you a weapon and we got you a weapon. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to stick to this one. It's doing me doing me well. It's I don't know what you can do with that weapon. Don't know what you're, when you find yourself in a melee situation and you can't get your ranged. I don't. It's yeah, not, like you said, it is it is a strength based weapon, so my hit DC is only a plus two. I I I don't know what I would do with it. I I don't intend. Yeah, I mean, on as far as your party right composition now. is concerned, I deliberately put this item in here as being like, oh, this is okay, but someone else took the one we came here for. Yes. I might be able to trade. I might be able to trade this for the bow. It's possible. Maybe that hunter's a survival hunter, and the bow's not good for him. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> Love it when the DM mocks you. Uh... The next morning comes without incident. Um, you guys sheltered in place uh, in the house for 13 months. You guys sheltered in the cave uh, <laughs> for the night. What are, where are you guys headed now? Okay, just a second. Let me take a long rest. Confirm. So I've got everything back. We only have the one potion of unlimited healing, right? Oh, yeah, but you it did regrow overnight, so you have that back. Right. I was just mentioning it for the case of anybody else in the party who might have had one. I have to manually uncheck it to make it active again. There's only right. one. Homebrew items are weird. Um, if it has charges and the charges reset on a long rest, I specify when I build the item that it resets on a long rest. And then when you click long rest, it doesn't reset. I don't know. It's like a, it's a thing. Um, but if there's anything like that, go ahead and uh, credit yourselves the, uh, the appropriate credit. Victory for our heroes. Falcus would have preferred a bow, but the party is willing to take what it can get. Tomorrow, after they rest, they're free to explore more of the jungle, but will they be able to find out what Jindo's plans are? Will they be able to track down that longbow? We'll have to wait until next week to find out when we queue up for more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroic DND, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.